0: This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. From the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared the room. We really? Shared the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we something. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Bro-cast. Bro-cast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. What do we do? spell it with a k so you might take it easy everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantmRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Welcome to another edition of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and the five is the top five things that I find intriguing across the different platforms and the different wrestling websites for March the 15th, 2022. Hopefully everybody's having a good Tuesday. Uh, Difficult Monday, as we all know, the passing of Scott Hall definitely made things very difficult for so many people in the wrestling world, the outcry of support has been incredible from so many different wrestlers going on to social media and showing their respect, showing their appreciation for Scott. You know, Scott has gone through a lot of things over the years and you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like in a lot of ways, just when someone starts to turn the corner and, and get their life together and things are going well for them, uh, tragedy hits and the first thing I thought of when this story broke was The Ultimate Warrior. He had made peace. He had made peace with a lot of people, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, um, Triple H, the WWE universe. He comes out and gives that amazing speech. And then subsequently he passes away. Scott Hall had made a great transformation, got himself in in great shape, great health. Uh, he was clean and sober, goes in for hip surgery and Unfortunately, his body just couldn't take it anymore, and that's it's, it's so sad on so many levels. But my thoughts and prayers go out to his children, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, um, and the millions of fans that he has all over the world. Scott Hall's legacy will continue to live on throughout so many different wrestlers, and his memory will never be forgotten His matches, his interviews, everything is always going to be out there, especially with the WWE Network, uh, Peacock. You'll be able to continue to appreciate everything that is Scott Hall. From the latter matches to his rise in WWE as Razor Ramon to his controversial departure and subsequent uh, birth of the NWO in WCW. And then his, his triumphant return with Diamond Dallas Page and Jake the Snake Roberts so many incredible things uh, that Scott has done in his career. So nothing but love to Scott and to X-Pac and to Kevin Nash and to Triple H and Shawn Michaels and and everyone, because I know they are definitely, definitely struggling at this hour. And um, yeah, but nothing, nothing but love to them. It's, it's very difficult to go through a wrestling death, especially when you're wrestling fan for so many years, like myself. I mean, This may sound kind of corny, but it it hits you really hard when someone in wrestling passes away. You almost feel like you're a a family member because you follow these people. You care about these people. And when these things happen, it definitely takes the wind out of your sail. And uh, I was already having a rough day yesterday, but this definitely made things even more difficult. All right, uh, moving on to some other stories that I find to be very interesting at this hour. This is coming from Wrestling Inc. Mark Middleton. Backstage update on Candice LeRae's WWE status. Now, as many of you know, Candice LeRae obviously taking time off to be a mom, and Johnny Gargano also taking time off to be a dad. There's been a lot of speculation on what's going to happen with both of them. Uh, Candice, I believe does have some time left on her WWE contract, which means her contract was on pause while she was out on maternity leave. And then obviously it will subsequently restart when she comes back. As we all know, Johnny is officially a free agent. He's been a free agent for quite some time now. Been a lot of speculation on where Johnny may end up. AEW was the, the big one that a lot of people thought uh, several several weeks ago, if not maybe a, a month or two ago now, there was belief that Johnny would debut when they were in Cleveland, and, uh, and that did not happen. Johnny came out on social media and said he's being a dad right now. I got to respect that completely. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for people to become parents, and you got to give them the time and respect. So with that being said, uh, Mark Middleton is reporting at this hour, Candice LeRae's WWE contract is reportedly still scheduled uh, to expire at some point this spring. Now, it was her previously reported that LeRae would likely remain under contract until early 2023 due to WWE automatically extending the contract to make up the time that she was off to the pregnancy, which I just mentioned. However, there's been a change in an update, Fightful. Uh, reports that LeRae's contract is going to officially expire and has not been renewed or frozen. WWE sources weren't sure if the freeze would be able to happen, considering LeRae's time away due to maternity leave. Now, regarding LeRae's status, there's feeling within WWE that she will not be back in action by the time the contract were to expire, And there's been no talk of officially extending it or bringing her back. Now, Ray's husband, Johnny Gargano, welcomed their first child in February. Gargano left WWE in December after his contract expired. And there's been a feeling that he being a free agent, there's a chance he would return to WWE. But then there's also a chance that he may just take some time off to be a dad. It's believed that LeRae and Gorgano are on good terms with WWE and officials would like to have them back if it is possible. It was noted that WWE officials did not want to concern Laray with contract extension talks while she was recovering from pregnancy. Interesting situation here. Like I just got done saying it, it sounded like they were going to freeze her contract. But Fightful is stating that, nope, in fact, they are going to just let that expire. What's your thoughts on that? Very interesting situation here. Uh, Let me know on social media. I'm at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Mark Middleton is also writing at this hour, backstage WWE Hall of Fame or updates on Batista and the Steiner brothers. Interesting. Um, As we've noted, the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner, are rumored to be part of the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame class. It was reported earlier this week that if Scott isn't interested in being inducted, As he has indicated in the past, then WWE would just move on and induct Rick. But they do want the Steiners to go in as a tag team. In an update, PW Insider confirms that WWE officials are considering the Steiners for Hall of Fame induction. This has been a talk uh, around WWE offices for the past week. Now, furthermore, it's noted that a number of Steiner family members are scheduled to travel to Dallas for WrestleMania 38 weekend braun breaker which is rick's son is rumored to challenge for the wwe nxt championship against dolph ziggler at the stand and deliver Um, that is going to be on saturday of wrestlemania but the match has not yet been confirmed as of today now there's been some speculation on batista's hall of fame induction but that likely will not be happening this year wwe originally had the Animals scheduled for a 2020 induction, but the ceremony was delayed due to COVID. It was then announced that the 2020 class would be inducted along with the 2021 class, but Batista was removed from the list, and he later announced that he would not make the event due to prior engagements. He confirmed that WWE honored his request to induct him in a later ceremony. Now, Batista is expected to be in Dallas for the Undertaker's Hall of Fame induction next month, but word now is that he likely will not be inducted until WrestleMania 39 at the earliest from Los Angeles. WWE has announced that The Undertaker, Vader, Queen Charmel are the current people in the class of 2022. WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon will induct The Undertaker. WWE Hall of Famer will induct his wife, Charmel. but there's no confirmation right now who will induct Vader. Psycho Sid is also to be rumored to be part of this induction class. Interesting with the Queen Charmel thing. um Not that I don't like Queen Charmel, and not that I don't think that she was a good performer in her time, but this is one of those cases where I do start to have an issue with who they choose to put in a Hall of Fame. You know, I, I feel like, and I know there isn't specific criteria, much like a, a Major League Baseball or an NFL Hall of Fame, because this is completely different, right? And it's completely up to the discretion of Vince McMahon. But I don't know. The Queen Charmelle, great valet. I don't have a problem with that, but to put her in the WWE Hall of Fame, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Just not something that I feel like uh, is something that is necessary. Mark Milton is also writing at this hour, WWE Monday Night Results. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, RK Bros, Celebrate, and Becky Lynch Attacks. For all of you who did not get a chance to catch last night's Monday Night Raw, it's time for your recap tonight's wwe or last night's uh start out with a graphic of scott hall who had passed away at the age of 63 there was a video package of kevin owens inviting wwe hall of famer steve austin to wrestlemania 38 the official ko show after austin was accepting in a promo um we then go out to the ring where kevin owens gets booed owens opened the promo with a quick Hey, yo, as a tribute to WWE Hall of Famer Scott Hall. Owens said he's the happiest Canadian of all time because he's not just going to WrestleMania 38. He's going to the main event as far as he's concerned because his guest on the KO show will be WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold. Owens goes on about his WrestleMania chances as that we're looking bad with the idea. But now the Texan who embodies the rest of those yellow tooth Texans officially will be part of the Kevin Owens show. Later on in that ma- in that broadcast, WWE United States Champion Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. It was a really good match, and Damian Priest obviously uh, showed uh, paid homage to Razor Ramon by having his Razor's Edge used. Um, obviously, Priest and um, Priest and Finn Balor. I'm sorry, had a had a good match. It wasn't quite as long as I think a lot of fans were hoping for. However, Damian Priest does come out on top. Um, Omos versus Commander Aziz was the next match. Uh, winner was Omos, and Omos is getting huge push right now in WWE. Word around WWE is that he is going to be the next big monster they're working on with him as far as the uh, performance center. He's working on his promo skills. He's working on all of his... Um, enhancing his abilities in the ring as well. He's such an impressive sight to see. Vince McMahon loves the concept of Omos, and they think he is going to be someone that the WWE is going to be able to utilize in the future. Liv Morgan versus WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Queen Zelina Vega. Another really great match in my opinion. Uh, I love the women's division right now. The winner was Liv Morgan. Now, after the match, Morgan and Ripley stand tall as the music hits. Vegas sees in the ring. Looking at Carmella, Liv and Ripley point to the WrestleMania sign. Seems like that's a, a big thing with a lot of people. I think sometimes it's a little overdone. The Mysterios versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. The review, the Mysterios win. After the match, the music hits for the Mysterios to celebrate. But Paul and The Miz come out to attack them from behind. Ray and Dominic end up fighting them off and sending the Miz to the floor. Logan is surrounded now. He tries to fight back, but they drop him into the position for the 619. They go to do, do a double 619, but Paul and Miz escape. Fans boo the Miz and Paul as they retreat up the ramp. That sets the stage, obviously, for a big, big WrestleMania Continuing on Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Those of you who are big WWE women's fans, Bianca Belair is way overdue, way overdue in my opinion, to really get the torch and to run with it. As far as dodrop is concerned, I think she's improved greatly over the time she spent on the main roster in WWE. They go on to have themselves a match. Obviously Bianca Belair comes out on top after the match. Bianca stands tall as her music hits, Becky Lynch suddenly appears at ringside using uh, Belair's braid to bring her to the floor. Lynch talks some trash and sends Belair into the steel ring steps. Then they face off again. Belair's head gets thrown into a chair and they use the hair back and forth. Lynch talks more trash and gets booed even louder. Um, This is setting up something interesting. I feel like Becky Lynch is going to drop the title at WrestleMania to Bianca. I feel like Becky's doing a really good job at playing the role of the heel, and I think um, a lot of the crowd in the WWE universe is going to be very happy when it comes to seeing a new champion, Montez Ford versus Raw Tag Team Champion Matt Riddle. I'm a big Matt Riddle guy, Unfortunately, there have been some things that I'm not too happy with when it comes to the way the WWE is portraying Matt Riddle. As you know, when RVD was in the WWE, a lot of people portrayed him as being kind of a medicinal smoker type of wrestler, and I feel like in some ways they're doing the same thing with Riddle. Not a super fan of that. However, in this match, the winner by disqualification was Matt Riddle. And finally, in our main event, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, the stipulation for this match was whoever is the winner gets to host their own talk show, and have Stone Cold Steve Austin as their guest. I'm going to be honest, I don't understand this at all. I don't know why this match happened at all. A lot of people were speculating that, obviously, if Kevin Owens wins, Seth Rollins will have a fit, and then Cody Rhodes would come out. Unfortunately, that never really happened. There's only two weeks left to go before WrestleMania. Seth Rollins still does not have an opponent for WrestleMania. Now, as mentioned before in the house uh, shows, Damian Priest and Finn Balor uh, are competing right now, and Seth Rollins in three ways. So it looks like there definitely is a chance for Seth Rollins to still have his opportunity at WrestleMania, but it looks like it may be in a three-way match. Stay tuned to find out more if that's the direction WWE decides to go in. What's your thoughts on this? Do you feel like Seth Rollins deserves a better opportunity at WrestleMania, a better match? Right now, the Cody situation is that he hasn't officially signed a contract. However, there is speculation within WWE that, yep, we finally got him now, and that internally it is on the books to have Seth Rollins compete against uh, the returning Cody Rhodes, but that all could change. It just depends on what happens with Mr. Rhodes. Let's go ahead and let's jump over to another great site, E-Wrestling News. I think this story definitely intrigued me just as much as as anything else. Um, Roman Reigns has been announced for the European tour. We talked about this on a previous episode. He is going to be focused and highlighted. Many people believe that he obviously will come out as the... uh, Unified champion after the match with Brock Lesnar from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Now, as we know, WWE always does a European tour right after WrestleMania. This looks like there's going to be about four or five shows over the course of just a couple of nights. However, it looks like from all indications with advertising that it will be Roman Reigns who will be the champion going into that. All right. Let's talk about little AEW action. Max Caster comments on the hardest wrestlers to write rap lyrics for and more. This is coming from E! Wrestling News, and this is by Brandon Ewing. AEW star Max Caster of the Acclaimed was recently interviewed by Rasslin with Brandon Walker. Podcast as he spoke openly about which AEW stars he has the toughest time writing raps for. Now, as you know, Max Caster is known for writing raps for his opponents and putting them down before entering the ring for every match. Now, a lot of people have compared him to John Cena and being the new version of John Cena, uh, but Max Caster believes that he is completely original in everything that he does. Max Caster on the process of putting raps together for wrestlers: in quote. That's my job. I have to do it." There's nothing else for me to do. When we find out we have a match, of course, I'm stretching and getting ready. The most important thing is I have to have a little bit of time for myself to really think about my opponent and what separates us. I've gotten Jungle Boy so much that I've come out with a few new one-liners for Jungle Boy. This guy probably doesn't have pubes. I'll say that. That line worked. It was pretty good. I always have to come up with something. I do have a document just in case I have to wrestle someone else. I always will have something else on deck. I like being current with the current events, politics, and anything else that I can work into it. Without me and Anthony in trouble, that's the truest skill I would say I have, saying those things that are horrible, but making fun of them for everybody. What's your thoughts on Max Caster? Are you a fan of Max Caster and the acclaimed? Do you feel like that gimmick is something that is old and worn out as far as coming out, doing the rapping, which John Cena did do originally in his career. Let me know what your thoughts. I'm at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Um, he continues to say on the hardest opponent to write rap, raps for an AEW, Caster says, and I quote, at this point, it's the dark order because we've wasted We've wasted and wrestled so many of them, so many times. I've gotten them in every single angle I can. These guys are dumb. These guys wear a wig. This is the Dark Order, but no one cares. Uh, the I've exhausted all of my Dark Order lines in gimmicks. I, I and Anthony also look at each other like, what are we gonna do this time? We have to think of something completely different for the Dark Order. Everyone else's fair game. I love being able to rip on the legends. When I got Christian, it was a really popular one for me. Brian Danielson, I said, I got to go on on him as well. And the camera zooms in. Yeah, these are beautiful TV moments, and we make them every single week. So that is Max Caster when it comes to creating raps for the different AEW stars. Let's go along to another very interesting uh, article right here. Tenille Dashwood talks about planned storyline with Becky Lynch and more. This is also coming from Brandon Ewing. Impact Wrestling star, Danielle Dashwood was recently interviewed by Captain's Corner as she spoke about a feud with Becky Lynch that has been planned during her WWE tenure as Emma, but it never panned out. Tenille Dashwood said, and I quote, I feel like I've worked with everyone that was there when I was there, you know? We were supposed to have a feud, Becky and I, and we never really got to finish it or barely even got it started, honestly. That was unfortunate because I think it would have been pretty damn good. I would have liked to kick her ass too. Obviously, it didn't happen, and that's just unfortunate. Uh, She goes on to talk about in the interview on scoring her first title in a major wrestling promotion by winning the Impact Tag Titles with Madison Rain. End quote. Basically, we kicked the inspiration's ass, may I say? Also, for my first championship in a wrestling promotion in my whole wrestling career, I've been wrestling for over 20 years, 10 years professionally, and this was my first championship. What's your thoughts on Tenille Dashwood? Do you feel like she got a proper shape when she was in WWE as Emma? I personally feel like there was so much more meat on the bone um, that WWE could have used with her. But once again, if the powers that be do not feel like you have the staying power, they will go ahead and and write you off. And I think that's what happened with her. But she didn't allow that to define her. She continued to work and to get better. And I feel like her career in uh, Impact Wrestling has been so, so good. Really good. Um, Let's talk a little Eric Bischoff. Um, Marco Rivera with Wrestling Inc. writes in on this hour, Eric Bischoff would have put Dolph Ziggler in the NWO. Yep. Dolph Ziggler has become the new NXT champion after feeding Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa in a triple threat match on NXT 2.0 Roadblock. Now, speaking about the new NXT champion on the latest episode of his podcast, 83 Weeks, Bischoff revealed his level of admiration for Ziggler Um, and the WWE Hall of Famer said who he reminds him of. Due to his involvement and success, the NWO, Bischoff has always been asked from the current days, who would he see as a member of the NWO? Dolph Ziggler has always been on the top of my list, Bischoff said. I think he's one of the most underrated talents in WWE. I think this cat, he reminds me so much of Kurt Angle in the sense that he's got so much range. He can be comedic. He can be a pain in the ass. He can be a smarmy heel and he can be a legitimate badass killer. He can do it one night and then the next night. And there's not a lot of people who can go out and do that. He looks great too. He's got so much. Who knows? It could be a breath of fresh air for his career making the move to NXT. You know, you're on the treadmill in that system, referring to WWE, and you're on the road, and all of a sudden you get a chance to break away from that and shine in something else. Maybe create your own flexibility with your own freedom that you might not have had on Raw or SmackDown. That could be the reason why he's getting a shot right now in NXT. I hope this is the case because he's an amazing talent. Dolph Ziggler, member of the NWO, you think he would have fit in? Do you think if the NWO existed today that he would be somebody who could be part of a a revolutionary stable or do you feel like you know what the time of those really big stables is kind of gone by the wayside let me know your thoughts you big Dolph Ziggler fan chime in on social media I'm at Mike Freeland M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D Coming up, also, Eric Mutter from Wrestling Inc. has some information on Jake Roberts. Eric Mutter is reporting at this hour, Jake Roberts on his WWE tenure. Jake says, I didn't play the office game very well. Recently on DDP Snake Pit Podcast, WWE talent Jake Roberts talked about a bit of his WWE career and how he felt his downfall was being unable to play the politics game. By that, Jake meant that he was an old school talent, and thus he wasn't able to adapt well to things as far as the politicking. I didn't play the office game very well, Robert said. I'm old school. I used to be three things on the phone, and that's it. I'm not a tech guy, and the reason for being, I have an addictive personality, and if I get into it, there'd be nothing holding me back all day. They would find me in a room shriveled up and dead because I'd get hooked on something and I just would never give up. So I just never did that in the business. and The business had changed. I remember Vince saying, you need to check your emails. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then a few weeks later, they brought to my attention that I had over 900 emails. They had come up with some other things I needed to be taught. I ran them off in about 20 minutes. I was embarrassed. I wasn't ashamed. and I couldn't get any of it. That wasn't Jake's only problem with WWE. However, he revealed that jealousy was something that afflicted him. He was described, which described as part of the office games that were played in WWE. The only problem really was jealousy, Roberts admitted. I didn't know how to play these games with the other people there. Holy crap. I thought once you were in the office, you were okay. I found out if you took the wrong seat in the limo, you're going to piss somebody off. And I hated it. It was such a waste of energy. Vince used to ask me to come to the office and help him. And I said, Vince, if you want something for me, call me, tell me about it and I'll give it to you. But I'm not going to spend my only three days off and two months up in Stanford, Connecticut. I've got a wife and I'd like to see her actually. And she wants to see me. That was early on and it was a little bit different after he heard that. I just couldn't handle the games of the office and I don't play very well like that. After WWE's run with Jake Roberts, he went on to the independence and experienced as he describes an okay until he started wrestling people that had limited experience and that he wasn't paid very well at the time. What's your thoughts on Jake Roberts? I know he's a very polarizing uh, personality in the world of wrestling. A lot of people find that he's one of the most inspiring and intelligent minds in pro wrestling. However, his demons have definitely been there and A lot of people feel like Jake never reached his full potential. Do you feel like that was WWE? Or do you feel like that was something due to his own doing? In my opinion, I think it might be a little bit of both. I think Jake was an incredibly talented wrestler in his time. Once again, do I think he was someone who probably didn't speak up as much as he should? Yes. Do I feel like sometimes you do need to make a big fuss because you need to stand up for yourself? Yes. Is there the right way and the wrong way to go about that? Yes. But sometimes some people just aren't like that. And like Jake said, he's old school. You know, a phone call, a handshake, that's the way he handled things. He didn't check his emails. And when Vince would send him stuff and he never would check it or respond back, maybe that could be a reason as to why Jake might not have gotten as much of a push in the 90s um, just because his lack of communication. He says he's not a tech guy. But I feel like in some ways you have to evolve with the way communication works. And with a wrestling business where not everybody's in the same place at all times, I think you have to have that. And I also think, and this one's a hard one because, you know, when Vince asked him to come up to Connecticut to help him work on creative stuff, you know, I think that's a great opportunity. But I also see what Jake is saying with the simple fact that I'm only off two or three days a month at that time and I want to be home. I don't want to be heading up to Connecticut where I'm now going to not see my wife and my family for an entire month at a time. Wrestling's not an easy business. It's not easy in any way, shape, or form. And I think the tolls that play on wrestlers, not only physically but mentally, definitely um, affect somebody long-term. And I don't want Jake or other wrestlers to look back on their career and, and have these thoughts of, I should have been or I could have been. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, I'm glad Jake's in a better place from a sobriety aspect and from a health perspective. He's with AEW. He's being utilized in that capacity as far as his mind goes, so I'm very happy about that. All right, let's go ahead and let's move over to Wrestling Observer, and let's talk about a little more, and you're probably tired of this, but let's talk about the Cody Rhodes-Seth Rollins update Dave Meltzer is giving us yet another update. Gosh, I feel like it's never, never ending. Ian Carey is writing at this hour, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins still planned for WrestleMania 38, despite the fact that Cody didn't show up on Raw last night. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins is still planned for WWE WrestleMania 38. While Rhodes did not appear in last night's Raw, the storyline that Rollins doesn't have a path to WrestleMania was featured prominently. According to the comments made by Melter on Wrestling Observer Radio, Rhodes is still expected to come in shortly and will provide Rollins with a match and a path to WrestleMania. The impression right now on the inside is that Cody and Seth will have their match, Melter said. He is coming. He's coming. He's wrestling Seth at WrestleMania unless something changes. And I'm sure as of last night, uh, nothing has probably changed at this point. Now there were several uh, subtle references to Rhodes made on WWE Monday Night Raw as the show was coming to a close. Corey Graves said that Rollins WrestleMania hopes have been dashed and that his dreams have become a nightmare. Rhodes has used both nicknames Dashing and the American Nightmare in the past. Um, gosh, I feel like so many of us are so sick and tired of this. It's either come in or don't come in. And I know a lot of us get caught up in the whole Cody Rhodes thing. I mentioned on social media that I kind of took it personal because I felt like Cody was trying to create something. He was trying to go against um, the big conglomerate that is WWE and and everything that they are. He was trying to make something. and He was trying to be anti-establishment. And then when I found out that he didn't re-sign with AEW, I wasn't really quite sure what he was going to do. Was it because of his baby Was it because of just needing some time off? Was it the fact that he needed to go away so he could come back and restart again because he was getting so many boos? I do know that was a factor uh, in his frustrations. But I never expected him to go to WWE just because of everything that he had done, very anti-WWE, and now all of a sudden, he is uh, looking to be more in the fold again. So we'll have to see what's going to happen with that. Alright, those are all the headlines that are trending at this hour. Things that I found to be interesting uh, that are happening right now. If you have something that you think is interesting in the world of wrestling as of today, let me know. Hit me up on social media. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. That's going to do it for the Freeland Five. We'll catch you next time. The world.